Mama K. Hello. All right. And <laughs> tonight we are doing another host pick episode. Uh, for those who do not know, host pick is something we do once a month. Uh, we have one of our four hosts here pick something and everyone else watches it. And instead of doing a more uh, regular review where we go through numbers and everything, it's just a more general discussion. Uh, and it can be a movie, but it can also be, you know, a documentary feature or short. It could be a TV show episode, a series of clips, anything that's around or slightly less than movie length and is available on a major streaming platform or otherwise free online. So uh, this month we have uh, Nicole. As our as our host selecting, so yeah. Nicole, what did you what did you have us watch this month? Uh, this month I chose uh, Stephen King's Misery uh, from 1990 with uh, Kathy Bates and James Caan. Um, I, I chose this because I always wanted to see this film, but I kind of forgot about it until it was my turn to pick, and I went through all of our streaming services and came across it and said, that's it. We we have to watch this. Um, I just, I know that my mom enjoyed watching this, and um, she likes to give me movie advice now, which is really cute, but <laughs> this particular one, I uh, <laughs> wanted to see this, you know, because it is seen as a classic Stephen King film. I don't watch very many Stephen King films, so I did want to see this, and um, I really enjoy Kathy Bates now, so I was interested to see how she has progressed from 1990, 30 years from from now, um, you know, to what she what she does today. So that's why I wanted to see this, and also I did want to watch this because I know that two of our hosts, this is not their first choice of film. Not that I was trying to peg them to watch something that I knew they wouldn't like, but I wanted to basically kind of get their side of what they thought watching this meaning mama k who does not appreciate horror films and <laughs> jess who does not appreciate older films so i was excited to see what you guys thought she's ready older films, just wanted us to be older films 21st century and this uh, film is even older than me so there's <laughs> very few movies very few movies i've seen older than me <laughs> So, uh, Nicole, you your first time seeing this. Interesting to make a pick on something you've never seen before. Yeah, I think you're the first host to do that really so brave. far. So that's very bold. Uh, so, yeah, as we, as she said, Mama Kay and Jess have different reasons for possibly not ever either revisiting or seeing it for the first time uh, because of uh, different different tastes. But, Mama Kay, have you seen Misery before? What did you think going in? Not Not spoiling it yet. Just what did you know about it? Oh, so I did see it before. I saw it when it first came out. Um... I really honestly wasn't looking forward to seeing it again because I, I've seen, you know, my fair share, not my fair share, but enough Stephen King, I guess my fair share, actually stand by me. That's kind of, that's Stephen King, the shining. Yeah. Green mile. Um, but Shawshank, everything he's done. Like, I think I looked it up. He has like 40 or 50. More than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone I has, I think well, even just maybe, I mean, well, we'll see, Carrie, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had to have seen yep, Carrie. Carrie. Um, the It movies, yes. Pet Cemetery, Children well, of the Corn. All right. How yeah, many books did he write? None of those. He's writing like fifteen right now. Like he writes so. Like literally, many books. he just published seven since we started. Yeah. Gosh. Like today. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. He's he's prolific. Uh, also a Mainer, so you know I think all of his yep, stuff is neighbors. very interesting since we came here. That there's a lot of well Shawshank Redemption, yeah, a big one. So that takes place uh, part of it. In the town of Buxton, which I can see from my window, it's very Sarah Palin moment right there. Um, but um, you actually there, can. Though. Is there a lot of like? <laughs> is there a lot of like? Um, I I can't think of the right word, but like folklore up there about it. Like, do you have like statues of him and stuff up there? <laughs> surprisingly, <laughs> you know I mean? no. I mean, surprisingly, I mean, he's from Bangor, which is north. It's like sort of in the center of the state, um, and. It's, uh, you know, everybody talks about, oh, everyone's driven by Stephen King's house. And it's obvious, it's obviously his house because it looks sort of like a crazy Victorian haunted mansion from Disney kind of situation. Um, and so people he still live there or, or was that just his growing, uh, his house when he grew up in? That's the house he lives in, uh, him and his wife. Oh, he still lives there. Yeah. So and he's very like people see him around town and things like that. Um, I've never seen what? Stephen King. Um, 
he used to, until he was hit by a van, used to just like walk along the side of the road like most people do around here. You would mistake him for pretty much anybody else. Um, you know, he, I'm learning you know, so many several... facts about him already. I didn't know I he was know. hit by a van. I feel yeah, like I if I ever ran into him, I would do something really, really weird. So I'm well, like, maybe he'll write about me. I mean, <laughs> maybe he'll so he write a story about you that day. <laughs> it's actually very, I mean, what happened to him is very, um, you know, in line with what happened in this movie. So I'll save it I for that. I was just going to say, this is but, really reminiscent of yeah. misery. Right it's more prophetic because this happened probably 10 years before uh, the, the this uh this movie and then the book previously um, happened at least 10 years before or about 10 years before, probably before he um, was hit by the van. So really interesting. Anyway. Um, so no, there's not a lot of, as far as I know, there's not a lot of like statues to him. And it's not like you can possibly, I guess you can do the Stephen King tour. Like here's the town of Buxton and here's the tree, you know, but there's not something that says, this is the tree from Shawshank Redemption or it's just sort of, you know, people up here are a lot more unassuming than in a lot of different places. So um, there's actually a lot of celebrities that kind of come up here and live just because they can kind of go about their lives. <laughs> they won't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, they won't, they won't be bothered because, you know, social distancing to us, we were just talking about this earlier is, you know, the six foot thing is like really out of control because we don't want to be that close to each other. So <laughs> who yeah. lives up there? Roger Goodell lives up there. NFL commissioner. He lives in uh, our the town. Bushes used yeah. to live there. Yeah. John Travolta. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of John Travolta. Yeah. A lot of big time. Je- Jeff Probst have a house there for a while. I think that was when he was in a relationship with someone here um eh, well we don't have to go into any of that uh jess i'm guessing you have not seen this <laughs> since it was made before you were born uh thoughts going in to misery i think my just my thoughts going into it were just any thought of any movie made before me is why am i watching this <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it yeah just, just, uh, movies did not get good for Jess until, uh, until she was born, and then all of a sudden, the things started turning around with the, the old movies there. <laughs> yeah, um, what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> weird how that works out. I had never, so I had never seen Misery before either. Mm. Uh, I have seen many of his other movie adaptations. Most are not good. There are a couple that I like, but I would say more often than not, they are bad. This is generally put towards the top, like a top ten-ish kind of area. It's not usually the top one, but it's usually in the in the upper half of his uh, film adaptations. Kathy Bates, of course, won an Academy Award for her performance in this. Uh, so this is a this is a more popular and known Stephen King. Uh, not not up there with like the Shawshanks or or even yeah. I'm trying to think of like Pet Cemetery is probably more famous. The It movies are now more famous because because of their resurgence in the past couple of years. But um, this is generally towards the top of his of his uh, film adaptations. So uh, I was I was pretty excited to see this. This is another one where like I don't know if I would just watch this on my own. It didn't it doesn't strike me as something particularly interesting. I don't love horror movies. I have no problem with old movies. That's not a that's not a hang up for me at all. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it doesn't seem like something I would come across on my own. So I was excited to. To go back and visit this, and the uh, summary I'll give right here before we go into spoilers. Uh, After a famous author is rescued from a car crash by a fan of his novels, he comes to realize that the care he is receiving is only the beginning of a nightmare of captivity and abuse. So there you go. If you haven't seen Misery, it's on Hulu. Is that right, uh, Nicole? Mm, Yep. Um, Yep. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Everyone watched it on Hulu? Hulu? Yeah. Okay, there. Just a... So there you go. It's on Hulu now for anyone who has any interest before we spoil it. Uh, we are going to do so now. Uh, we don't have a rating system for the host pick episodes. We just kind of talk about different things that uh, the host that picked it want to talk about. So Nicole, you kind of already talked about why you picked this. Uh, what are your starting thoughts with actually watching Misery? Yeah. Um, you know, we I obviously didn't know very much of the details going into this, so... Um, you know, I kind of wanted to see how they took his story and put it into movie form because, well, obviously we just taught, we just named off like four or five of his films and I didn't even know that like Shawshank Redemption was a Stephen King film. So I don't know that either. (laughs) Yeah. You never know. He just, he makes a lot of stuff (laughs) or green mile. I didn't know that either, but anyway, um, no, it was interesting from the beginning. Um, it, totally gave off shining vibes did everybody get that first five seconds of him driving down the 
So, oh, because it was in the blizzard and winter. Snowy, and winding that. mountain. Yeah. 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 It's like, I was actually thinking of him getting hit by the van, and I'm not being cute. Like, actually, that's what I thought of. I was like, did he write, is this the one he wrote? Because I know he wrote a couple right after he got hit from the van. I didn't know if this was one of those. Apparently not. It's interesting. No, that's what I was thinking of. I was like, this has to be the van one. But no, no, he wrote Dark Tower, I think, after after that. Oh, okay. Which is, a t- which is now a series. Yeah. So, there you go. No, I mean, well... I, I'm glad that we all got something different out of it because I just I thought we were all going to get straight up. This is The Shining going up to the Overlook Hotel, but instead <laughs> he's going down. <laughs> um, and and he's a you writer. Know, I wasn't. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't sure what the, I knew this movie was going to be. I don't even know how are we classifying this. It's not a horror film. I don't. It's more of a thriller. I would it's say mystery yeah. th- a thriller. Okay, suspense. Yeah, That's suspense. Good. That's good. Yeah, good. Suspense. Yeah. Yeah, so I love that kind of movie, and I I love seeing stuff that's not particularly just horror, scary, jump at you type of things. So I was interested to see how this was going. Um, I want to know like how she found him f- so quickly. I don't know. Like she was, I guess she must have been. She did say she was following him. See, the yeah. thing about yeah. her is I her character is so complex and like nobody sees it but her. And that's something that bothers me when I'm watching a movie. Like she full out tells him like, I've been watching you. I, she basically lives down the street, right? Of where yeah, the crash she, happens. From the scene. From his house. N- from oh no, I, I, I didn't get that. I thought he lived in New York and this was a, he does. this was a route that he, this oh, was a route. She lives that near the hotel. She lives near the hotel. She lives near the hotel yes. that he that's, goes that's to. Right. He, he yeah. goes to every time. He has like a, a tradition. He has the yeah. one copy of the script. He always goes to the same hotel that's and he right. always takes the same route. That's why I think that's how we know that she was able to figure all that out. And well, he, she has an extensive strange. knowledge of Did his she stuff. live there yeah. before yeah, this? Because I was going to say, it's not like he's on Twitter being like, all right, on my way to middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, stalk, stalking was a lot harder back then. Uh, but, he, but, uh, but when <laughs> you're dedicated she there enough. Pre knowing he was going there or post, I got because... the I got the impression that she moved out in the middle of nowhere after we find that scrapbook later. We can talk yeah. about later, but I I feel like she moved out there specifically and has plotted this for some time. I don't know. I how think long, she did I too. Think... She said something in yeah. early in the movie about something 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 because this is I'm not going to have it happen like it did in Denver. So she was right. like setting yep. up that she didn't oh. live there before and that she I think she totally stalked him for the. However long it would take him to write his novel, oh. which I mean that's pretty. Yeah, this ingenious, is a long. So I'm not gonna lie. This is a long plot. She's been she's been hatching. I think. And that's true yeah. because I'm sure she had to move after you know what happened when we see through the scrapbook. So right, right. She definitely okay. That that's fa- that's fair because yeah. she's when they say she's a farm. I'm assuming that she's lived there for a long time. You know, not putting two and two together pretty much. Yeah, I didn't put yeah. two and two together too. I thought she just lived there. But that yeah. makes no, sense. That would be, I mean, I, I guess it's, that would be quite coincidental, and I would it, I would downgrade it for some points for that. But I think the movie does a good job at laying out all these little clues, saying that oh, yeah, this yeah. is a big, a big well, old that- plot. She's been, and she lives the what's the closest town? It's f- far away. It's like at least a couple miles away, and it's like yeah. what fifty people live there. Like it's right. it's a tiny little town. Well, I appreciate that we we're bringing this up because I would it would have you know been lost on me that whole point so i i'm glad that we brought that up but because well, i was wondering how you, she found him so fast well and, and you bringing that up is interesting because all i can think of is the many 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 years that she was like my god when is that stupid 1965 mustang gonna fly off the road because it's gonna happen right. sometime you don't drive a mustang in a blizzard so right she waited all those years all it's true. those years <laughs> <laughs> for him to have this tragic car accident and survive it. Well, he was going like 100 miles an hour down that mountain. That was insane. I know. That just was... watching the beginning clip, you knew he was just going to like go off the rails. Yeah, yeah. my God. <laughs> I mean, he, everything about it was just like, the first time I saw it, I had not lived in snow, so I had no idea that how impractical this dude was but when as soon as it came on this time i'm like what the fuck are you doing no oh my god going so fast on a two-wheel drive mustang <laughs> barely drive and- a 65 muscle car down no. that's his tradition he always drives he does the exact same it's part of his yeah part of his downfall and getting caught and everything so yeah. right. only he no, didn't I'm- know it was gonna storm but i was like that's what he said ice on yeah. the ground <laughs> 
Yeah, he might yeah, have just... Like, I know it's 1990s, but there was a Weather Channel or something. <laughs> well, that's another question. Um, when does this take place? I tried to figure out when this took place. The book was written, I believe, in 87. Does this take place in, like, 87, or is, is this older? I can't tell. I don't feel like it's older. I feel like that's really accurate time frame for that, it. Okay. Yeah, because I, I was like, you're so. the only one who's alive then, so I will. I I don't know. <laughs> I, I just I don't I don't know how accurate this is to to Podunk Town in the '80s. So you know. I mean, I even if you're great. looking at the set, the clothing and all, it really is reminiscent of that. Gosh, yeah, that's I sad tell, <laughs> Sadly, what she was wearing and what he was wearing was not really um, all that. I mean, I looked at it and I was like, oh, my God, she was so homely. And I'm thinking, oh, that's really not that far off the mark. So. Wait, I, that's so funny <laughs> you say that because in one of the scenes, she was wearing a plaid jacket and something underneath it. I forget what it was. I said, that looks pretty cool. I would wear that right now. <laughs> What are you yeah, talking she's about? not supposed to give I any style tips. Right <laughs> <laughs> but that style's coming back, so it might be eighties. It might be yeah. early nineties, late eighties style. Yeah. yeah, I think that I think that's accurate. But they set this film up really well, I think, with all these clues, because even just us discussing it, we're deciphering clues that lead us up to how she got a hold of him in the first place and bring her back to hit her infirmary (laughs) if you want to call it that um and i mean just from there you know she's just fucking insane like this is gonna be so exciting to watch um so i mean i'm already into it by that point so uh well okay you're revisiting this and after a good amount you haven't seen this in many years correct right and then just you've never seen it so and you both had different trepidations going back or going in for the first time so well okay at the at least in this beginning here are you how are you feeling about it well i mean this movie in my head and i'm sure after you guys have viewed it is really um visceral for one particular scene um and whenever somebody mentions this movie or it comes up like when nicole said it out loud my i i know that i was like Oh, we know what it, have I to... bet I know what it is. Everyone, I think everyone knows, yeah. knows of the scene, yeah. And I'm like, and all I could think of the whole time was like, oh my god, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I know the scene is coming. The scene is coming, the coming, 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 coming. <laughs> but I tried to put it behind me to, you know, kind of to really enjoy um the movie because even though this is a suspense horror, whatever you want to call it, I don't mind suspenseful movies, but I don't like like straight up horror i don't like halloween and all that kind of garbage um but yeah sorry jess sorry sorry um <laughs> let's fight that's what nicole wanted us to do um <laughs> so uh so as i'm you know kind of remembering how it unfolds and watching it sort of unfold again i'm like you know what okay this is this feels a little more um you know green miley to me where it's just a story and it happens to have you know, these things happening, it's not, there's nothing supernatural going on until the very, very end. And that's not really supernatural. It's just his head. But um, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm kind of enjoying the ride. And I'm thinking back to how, you know, Kathy Bates was, I think, virtually unknown uh, at this point and sort of a stage actress, maybe. That's and, pretty awesome. Um, and she, yeah. And I have, I was just enthralled by her character. There was only one time when I was like, not really on board with what was going on but you know the fact that she could go from zero to 60 just being like this apple pie you know oh you poop head kind of person and then just turn around and <laughs> oh you got an to... oogie you got an oogie on you <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh i was just like this uh, is exactly what i feel like those people are they're all this character they're all annie wilkes uh in disguise no there is no mary sunshine that's why i'm you know very suspicious of mr rogers um so i was i was really excited to actually take take the ride again it was kind of it was it was a fun thing for me to to start to sit down and think about again all right jess this is an older movie what are you what are you thinking of it so far (laughs) at least in the beginning stages so when i was watching it i felt like it was like my parents dragged me to some random aunt's house and they're like all right i have three movies for you to watch (laughs) what are you gonna choose i feel like this was like one of the three and i'm like forced to sit there and watch it because there's nothing else to do at this lady's house did the aunt's house also look like the house in misery (laughs) oh (laughs) the worst visual of watching this is like the wallpaper and 
and the entire <laughs> decorations of the house. Like, I would watch that scene Mama K is talking about over and over again than rather than get a house tour of this house. <laughs> <laughs> Just as like, if I see one more tchotchke, I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, what did I so- say, Brennan? I love the tchotchkes. I want them all. Yeah, you love the tchotchkes. I'm like, you cannot have our house ever look anything like this. This is horrifying. (laughs) That's the scariest part of the movie is where she lives. (laughs) Jess is on board with that. She's like, yeah, it is. Yeah. No, um, I actually, I surprised myself. I didn't hate it. Um, I was was in it for the most part. I mean, it still wouldn't be my first choice, but I've definitely seen a lot worse movies during this podcast than this one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just recently as a matter of fact you, you've, yeah, you've, exactly. you've adjusted the bar <laughs> out of I... out of the three movies at the aunt's house this is the best of the three uh, aunt, aunt, old yeah. aunt movies that she dusted off <laughs> exactly and even even with the glitches of the vhs it's still okay <laughs> <laughs> did you have something nicole um yeah i kind of wanted to ask my first question here about this movie um I hope I'm not being premature with this, but I want to know, based off of what Jess just said, so we know that, like, Stephen King movies have been adapted over and over and over again, and I just want to kind of know, based off what we've only described right now in terms of the car he's driving and the house he's living in and the, the way that the wallpaper looks, all this stuff, do you think that this movie would fare well as an adaptation now, like how Pet like Cemetery just it? came out. Yeah. Like, do you think that the way that the house looks and the way that the sheriff works and the way that the books look and all this typewriter type deal, do you think that all this stuff would come across the same if we adapted that movie to make it net present day? I'm going to say no. Cause yeah, there's so much technology we have now. Like, I was like, why can't he just like text the police or something? Um, but <laughs> on his yeah, I, and that's like a, I think why a lot of horror movies are made back in the day, just because technology kind of ruins the fun out of it. Yeah, people are too. It's too easy to get in contact with people. Is that okay? Do you have a similar sentiment, or do you have something else for it? I actually, it's interesting you ask that because as the the movie the so the movie ended and. Um, you know, whatever popped up on Hulu, like you might like whatever. And then there was a little picture in the corner that said misery. And it was such a weird picture. I thought, oh, my God, did they remake this movie? Is that somebody else? Is that James Caan? Who is that? And then I thought, oh, what if they remade this movie right now? Um, I, I think it would be hard. I would I think it would be hard to have it um, be an author would be really difficult because you'd have to have somebody who has. You know, I don't know many authors that are still writing on a typewriter. Um, And if somebody had access to a computer, then you have access. Theoretically, I guess you wouldn't have to have Internet. And now when someone's missing, I mean, it sort of seemed like not everyone really cared. He didn't have very much in the way of family or anything anyway. So there wasn't a huge amount of outpouring of craziness. But right now, like, you know, this guy's Twitter account would be dead. He would be posting nothing. And everyone would be losing their minds. You know? Hashtag where's Paul? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hashtag Paul is dead. So um, yeah, it's it would be really weird, but I think it would be an interesting thing because you know I think fans are just as psycho now as as this woman, honestly. And that's I what I was that, thinking too. Like that, there's a would... lot of that out there. Can you imagine her being on Twitter or something or being on Instagram and taking a photo of him or something like that saying, I'm with the love of my life, whatever she may say, like that one slip up would cause so much hassle for herself. Like it would never be as discreet as what it was in this movie. So I, I agree. I, I, Oh, go ahead, Brennan. You were going to tell tell us your thoughts. So, I I mean it's a good story. I like the story. Um, I probably would not want this remade because when when it comes to remakes, I personally like to. I think movies that are bad and like cult classics, those are the ones that actually lend themselves better to being remade because like it's like a good concept or a good idea, and then you remake it with today's technology and today's sensibility for you know writing and and acting and and it 
improves it. Um, I don't like taking classics. I think this is closer to classic than to bad and um, remaking it and then usually it being lesser for the most part. I can't think of very many classic awesome movies that are remade and then they're better. I can think of ones that sucked and then they're better when they remake them way in the future. But I, I, but I, I say that and then I think of, all right, well, what did we do earlier? We did Pet Cemetery earlier. Original Pet Cemetery. people like that, but it's not really a good movie. And then we watched the new Pet Cemetery, and that is not a good movie at all. So, you know, maybe that theory doesn't always hold hold true. Uh, it, but there's another example. It, the TV movie, a campy, fun little TV movie, but not really a good movie. And then they remake it. And the first, it's fantastic and a big hit. And the second one, uh, we have more mixed feelings on on the show and and, and in general. Um, but uh, I, I, th- I don't think I would touch Misery. Just like I wouldn't touch Shawshank and I wouldn't touch, um, what's another one? I, I, they remade Carrie. I wouldn't have touched Carrie. Like, there's just certain, like... Yeah. Le- there's a certain level of good original where I don't want to tarnish it. Yeah, I think I think this is in that category. I mean, yeah, they it could turn a into shot a with... bad okay. cyber stalking movie. So it would just turn into a bad cyber stalking movie. Basically, it'd be a troll on the internet, which they have a ton of already. It doesn't have which to be I, yeah, which I was yeah. going to say has been made and made and made again. I mean, they took a shot with Pet Cemetery, and I guess that was something that didn't rely so heavily on not having to stay in time period to do that i guess um, i was excited for pet cemetery the trailer looked good i i like th- i think the story of pet cemetery is really good and then the movie came out and it was not good but what you gonna do like yeah. I, I but it's a good like that, those are the kind of movies that i think should be that should be remade or ones where it's like it's a cool story people like it because it's like a campy factor from the olden days but like we can make it like a legitimately great movie now um but yeah they didn't really do that I agree. I don't think that this should be remade either. The story is continuing on, and as um, as he starts to realize that uh, he is he is trapped there, and not and she is uh, not contacting uh, the outside world like she says she is. Uh, he he starts to come up with different plans on how to escape. Uh, he stops taking his pills, and he uses his pills in a clever way to try to try to drug her. That's a great scene. Um, there's, I there's, know. Uh, I felt that frustration when she knocked over um, the wine oh, glass. Oh, how good! It's I, so good. I, oh, I felt that pretty hard because he was just like days and days, just like keeping those pills, and then he stole a couple more, and then he was like, "Yes, this is my moment," and she was just being so fucking clumsy. <laughs> I know this. and then but how that plays out with her going oh my gosh i'm such a stupid poop you know and you're just like, like yeah you are you are so much more than a stupid poop you are just diabolically a nightmare and oh my god i can't uh, there's so this. there's so many like little like little the little uh, clip that he uses to open the door he steals the knife eventually uh, he's just you know trying to get all these different things and she's slowly escalating in craziness as this whole thing goes on there is another part of the story that i think nicole you were a pretty big fan of that we haven't really talked about yet and that is the sheriff and his wife oh my god uh, oh, yeah richard so farnsworth and francis sternhagen uh, i lo- i yes. am a big richard farnsworth guy he's character actor yeah. he's been in a lot of things so uh, if everyone's ever seen the straight story that was his last big movie and Oh, it's it's emotionally gut wrenching, but it's also very boring for the average person. But no, uh, uh, Nicole, talk about them a little bit because I know you were fans of these characters. I just really put myself into their shoes as characters. They were so sarcastic, and their relationship was so hysterical that we needed that like lightheartedness yet still competent. You know how sometimes they give you characters that are so dopey that they don't have any like intuition. But that sheriff, he had intuition and he he didn't take like, oh, okay, well, if we don't see the car, then then nobody's there. Oh, well, we see this lady around town, but we're not going to look into it. Like, I'm so glad that he took the initiative to go into that bookstore or convenience store and go th- take a look at her house. Although I'm very upset with the outcome of that because I really... Yeah. <laughs> like them as characters. I thought that their relationship was so sweet and funny and they were just trying their hardest in this little town. <laughs> he had like right. 12 titles. 
<laughs> yeah, I like them. I think for the same reasons you do is that he's he's like folksy and earnest, like like a cop like that would be in these stories. But he's not he's not incompetent. He's not dumb. He's he's quite intuitive. He goes about it the way he can. Like you know, he he gets all the books and does his research, and he drives and to all the different spots and takes the helicopter up. And he's you know he's he's trying he's trying his best. And his banter with the wife is good. Who is also like yeah. his deputy. And like I love how they, they they all have like multiple jobs in the town because there's no one in that town. Like they're every they're every like any <laughs> law anything that's that's everything um they're really likable characters and i didn't ex- i was expecting this to be almost all you know our, our two leads but they have a good amount of play and i, I it's welcome whenever they're there i feel like yeah. he was almost too smart like i didn't buy a lot of the hunches that he made like when they were driving in the snow and noticed like the branch was broken it wasn't even a tree it was a shrub and he was like stop the car the branch <laughs> is broken and i was it was like, a pretty big tree i mean it was, no it was, it was not was i think it was a shrub <laughs> and the wife's like that's yeah. why i'm a girl who's lived in the city too long you know when you live out here in the country yeah, you like didn't grow up do. in maine we you, didn't, know. You, didn't, you didn't track like we did <laughs> you know you know every tree every bush you know and then he just like goes down in the be. snow and he's not wearing any proper snow attire either he's just wearing like pants and a jacket and then <laughs> he has like, proper boots on well then what are boots. the chances like just from that branch broken from that shrub that he finds the car and then when um annie like got pissed off at someone on the road and she was like making a big deal of it what are the chances he's like let me look into this crazy lady and see what and see what's her story yeah i I mean it was a little improbable that they didn't know that she was like this crazy baby butcher from the past already i mean (laughs) you live outside of town a little bit but there's only uh, (laughs) i mean you're not wrong okay well i mean i want to know why she decided to keep all of these god-awful things about herself in a I think scrapbook. she's proud. I know, and the scrapbook is like titled "My Memories." <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> she likes it. Part. She likes having a, a a copy of her of her history, even if it's horrible. All of it. It's terrible. So, wait, but... did she escape jail, or was she let out of jail? I think she was let out of jail. I think she was let out of jail too. I think that uh, it was wickedly premature, but um, and maybe. These days, that wouldn't have happened. I don't know, but it seemed like so, she had quite a track record, quite a dossier of dead people behind her. So, if we're gonna go with like the most unbelievable stuff from the from the sheriff, for me, I mean, I buy the tracking because I just know, you know, I knew people in Maine who were like, "Oh, these are the these footprints were fresh. They were eight hours eight hours ago." I don't know how the fuck they know that, but they generally do. Like they're <laughs> like folksy mountain people. They do. They just somehow they know, know that, that shit. shit. I don't they know do. Either, they're like they these know. branches were broken within the past six hours. The sad <laughs> yeah. friend, like like they know and that. Every- I don't know how they do it, but they fucking know and it. Honestly, and they- <laughs> everybody is it true, Brennan? Everyone out here is a friggin' Nancy Drew. I mean, everyone. <laughs> no, they do. The, I'm an idiot compared to Stephen everybody King else. Mode. Because <laughs> you, 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 you weren't bred in the in the dirt. You were grew, grew up in the. We all grew up in suburbs or cities, so it's we, we're not a. Uh, we're soft. We don't know these nature things. So. Yeah. But what exactly. I what you I found actually what I found actually unrealistic was that he would buy all the books. And then find the quotes. Yes. And then match the yeah. quote. That's the most unrealistic thing. Yeah, Everything but that else was he so does. Awesome. It's a good he's... moment. It's a good oh. cinematic moment. It's just hard to like I have to really buy into his like obsession with this. But it's such a it's such a blase, casual obsession. He never seems like crazy. He's just like, I'm gonna go down to the library and check out some newspapers. Like it's it's so it's so folksy <laughs> and earnest, and that's why I, right. I stick with him. That's why I stick with and him. And also this whole you time. know he has you know he has a shit ton of time on his hands because there is nothing going on. Yeah, the, well, the only phone says, call he gets. Yeah, well, one phone call this morning, busy day. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's like, oh, uh, the shopkeep is uh, mad that old man Johnson's sitting on the benches. It's like, I told him if he puts benches out there, he's going to get people sitting on him. Like, that's that's his day. Like, that's what he has to deal with. So. Right. And that, was, that was probably, you know, that was like something, a banner, banner moment of the month. Yeah, that made the local newspaper so <laughs> well, those characters Which he are also just, produces yeah they're awesome i think that they add the comedic relief that we need you know for the for the movie and just such a sad demise of that sheriff like 
God. That's why I got pissed because I told Brennan this. I said he didn't tell his wife where he was going and nobody's going to know where he went and he just got blasted (laughs) and she's (laughs) not going to be able to find him even though his car is out there. But still, this is why you need to tell people where you're going. Well, I think that they were important to the story because, I mean, we we're stuck in this. The one thing that you know we haven't talked about, really, I mean, we don't we're not breaking it down to like cinematic and stuff like that. But we are stuck in this room for a long time. So if, if there is not something else going on outside of this building that we can watch every so often, I don't know about you, but I think I would be a little bit like, OK. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd be like, house. kill me now. Yeah, I, I so, like that we get we get it broken up with with the sheriff. Yeah, I think and, we need we need some of that. Yeah, I think it works works well. It's not too much sheriff, and it's not too much house. I I mean, the house yeah. gets close, and it is an older movie, so they tend to kind of let things breathe a little. It's kind of the opposite of what we just did, the Willoughby's, where that's so fast and drowning you in yeah. information that you can't keep up. The older movies yeah. tend to have the other problem, where it's just built for a slower time. Oh, I don't fully agree with that. Only in the sense that yeah, we are in there a lot, but. We get him sneaking out to the other areas of the house where he shouldn't be, and we get him at the dinner scene with her in the dining room, and he's in her kitchen, and we get the sheriff up into the bedroom and into the the basement. Like, we're getting all aspects of the house, too, which is important because it kind of gives us, like, a an idea of, okay... Uh, Annie is so meticulous and and kept up outside of this room. Like, why is she like this? Why she she leaves such a clean trail? And we need to see that as we're going through her house. What was it? That one porcelain duck or penguin or something? Yeah, that, uh, she notices. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. this is the kind of person who would notice that. And I, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, it's it's paced slower than a movie today, but I don't think it's paced too slowly. And with I don't think so. I just think uh, yeah. I think the beginning part you are in the room a lot because that's you know she's just basically keeping him sleep asleep. And I'm not locked into this movie until it starts to feel sinister. Then from there to the end, I'm all in. I think it takes a little yeah. bit to get going. Like the friendliness once lasts he a little realizes, bit. Yeah. Once, once he, realizes he realizes how bad it is. Right. Yeah. And then he starts coming up with his plans. Like everything he does with his plans, going around the house in a wheelchair and like, you know, getting all his different, his, his pills and the, and the key lock and every, all of that stuff is like really all, all the lighter fluid scenes. Like the, all of that is really good to keep it going. Yeah. It just it takes a little bit to get there but once we're in there i'm 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 flowing with it how did you feel like the first time he tried to get out of the bed and he his body hit the ground did you oh he sells it a visible no did you but did you i was like oh no oh yeah we, we, oh, we, yeah. oh we, we, i felt we, like that when he got his feet uh hit by a hammer that's when my uh, <laughs> went so Ugh. that's yeah. so that's yeah. the scene that's the scene we're all kind of dancing around the hobbling scene jess you're the only one who uh, probably didn't did you know the scene was coming because I, I nicole and i had never seen it but we knew it was coming because it's kind of like a cinematic like it's but on a lot of top like she was gonna hurt him even time. more that so he couldn't be mobile yeah, so yeah. did you see the hoblet that the, the the where she hits his feet with the hammer with the log in between? That's like a very famous scene. It's it's been parodied and yeah. uh, how did you how did that how did that whole scene hit you with the tying down and the hobbling and everything? Well, I think once he tried to escape, I knew she her crazy was just gonna um, intensify. I don't think I necessarily saw it done with a hammer, but I think I knew something was gonna <laughs> about to go down. And then, all right, Mom, okay, you were, vi- you were revisiting this scene. Were you able to watch yeah. or was it through your fingers? Nope. Well, it was through my fingers, but I did because <laughs> I, remember, I remember so vividly that I remember, you know, I remember parts of it. I remember basically the wood block and then I remember the, you know, the same, the ne- very next shot that they show, which is the big sledgehammer coming. And then I remember the foot going like, Ugh. <laughs> like twists around and yeah. yeah so i'm like this isn't gonna change i know this isn't gonna change yeah, despite no. watching this 30 years later it's still gonna happen <laughs> you know i'm still gonna have the same re- if i had the oomph reaction when he you know went on the ground and then you know i'm sitting here watching it with your dad and he's and we've both seen it but he's just like you know screaming at the tv we're watching it outside he's screaming at the tv going you know get back to the wheelchair get back to the wheelchair you know? like, we 
we know, but both of us are still intensely like, shit. So as soon as it was coming, I, oh, heck yeah, I had the blanket up, you know, I'm, I, you know, like a, like a face mask. Everyone knows what that is now. And just was like, oh, I don't even know. So it didn't last as long as it, I thought it, as I remembered it last. No, it's quick. So that, it's a, it's like good. a 30 second scene from top to bottom. Like it's, it's not a, yeah. but uh, Nicole, so it's, I mean, well, okay, seen it, Jess has not seen it, but didn't hear of it. You and I both knew the scene was coming. We just didn't know when, and we didn't know what it really looked like. So uh, how did it, how did it, it hit for you? Knowing, uh, knowing it was coming, but not exactly how. Oh, it hit. Um, no, I had some, uh, some sweaty palm action going on with that. That is just <laughs> so like the whole movie. I really had sweaty palms because like you don't know when he's gonna get caught first off and if he does yeah. get caught you don't know what her retaliation is gonna be um right. just because you know she's so unpredictable but you like oh like it, the whole time in the back of my mind i'm like that fucking penguin is backwards and i know she's gonna yes. see it really <laughs> i know i saw that too when he put the penguin back on the table i'm like that Yep, that's gonna well, hurt then, later. <laughs> then she doesn't say anything for a good portion of, yes. the, of the movie. Yeah, and I'm she, like, I she forgot noticed the about penguin that. before she noticed a knife was caught. <laughs> oh, well, I thought it was a red herring. She, I'm like, okay, maybe they're she not. She kept it in her anything. pocket. She was waiting for, waiting for the right time to use it. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I'm like, is she is this just like a red herring of the film, and she's not going to say anything about it? Maybe she doesn't realize. Oh no, she fucking realized. And the the what she does to him after the fact and knocks his fucking foot off. I'm just like, oh my god. Mm. It was. It made me squirm. It was so unpleasant to see, but. I mean, it just really showed how fucking insane she was. And she, even though she loves him, quote unquote, loves him, she doesn't care. She will hurt him for defying her, which is just insane. There's a good scene between the penguin and between him getting the knife under the bed where she she's like, you're almost done with the book now. I know you're going to want to leave me. Everyone, you would never want to be with yeah. me. Like no one like someone like you would never know what it's like to live like me. That that is a really good like because uh, Kathy Bates performance that in is this is super great line. Oh, yeah. It's so like Kathy Bates performance in this is like crazy and all over the place and then sometimes it's the dude i like her little her little uh, oh poof like oh whoopsies like her little uh Midwestern she even yells charm. at him for Jiminy swearing Cr- in the book she said this was too much profanity yeah that oh, was her you're, first you're, little you're, tickle of crazy when she explodes for the first time and then you kind of revealed what she actually is like she uses the curse words weird, weirdly. Like she's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna take a bitch and piss all over this place." I'm just like, ah, I don't think anyone would ever say that. But like, like the, the, like the way, but this when bastard she, of a coin or whatever. Yeah. She's- <laughs> so like her performance is good and fun all the way through. But when she hits that scene, that's when I'm like, okay, now I get why she was nominated. And I don't know who was else who was up this year for for supporting actress. But like that's the scene where I'm like, ah, I get it. Like I get why people yeah, saw it. Who cares? It's it didn't such, matter. It's such a dark, sobering moment, and then and then we we reinsert to the crazy for the rest of the movie. But and then it it's, happened it's all it's because a... it was raining. <laughs> I know it's oh, yeah. raining. It well, just, so it just makes where, me sad. That's the only... <laughs> well, that was the problem I had with it. Is like all of a sudden, I mean, she went from being like, like clinically crazy. Yeah. Well, and I didn't feel like she was like you know that she had bipolar disease or something i just felt like she was some sort of generic brand of crazy but then all of a sudden you know the rain sometimes makes me sad i was like well, i don't remember this and i don't remember having this reaction to it like i was like oh you know what i, I took really from like it? this part i took from it that the rain was coming and that she knew the snow was melting and that they'd find the car and that means that whether he escaped or whether he finished the book or whether yeah. or they maybe that someone was going to find her she knew the jig was up like the rain she meant knew the like the end was coming right the rain felt like the end was coming i thought that's what i got from it yeah. I, you know the fact you're that probably, she, you're i'm sure you're right and then she goes yeah. by the way sure i have a right. gun in my pocket <laughs> she just walks away <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she was letting him know she does. She does. She means business. She ain't playing no games. <laughs> so we're 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 pretty much at the we're getting pretty much to the end here. After well, another after oh, go ahead, Nicole. Yeah, Sorry, before please. you before we get to the end, I I want to talk about the the scrapbook a little bit more because my memories. Um, 
Well, it leads me into a question that memories. I have <laughs> that I'm a little fuzzy. Yes, I used to scrapbook. Yes. <laughs> me too. Um, no, but this leads me into a question that I, I'm a little confused on how I feel about it. So I want to kind of get an idea of what you guys think. But I mean, we see in one of the newspaper clippings that she uses one of the lines out of the misery books as what she's you know, pronouncing to the court, whatever. And I kind of, I'm trying to decide, you know, how long do you guys think that Annie has been obsessed with Paul and, and the misery books? Do you think that she was obsessed with it after she killed those babies and went on like, and got arrested and went to jail? Or do you think that, that, that kind of evolved as she was trying to get out of, of jail or she was in jail trying to find an outlet or something like that um so I, I so i think the timeline's a little blurry for me as far as when did you know when did the stalking start and when did she kind of shift her attention from you know the hospital baby stuff to the the, the author i want to think it's from whenever he wrote that first misery book because he's written what eight at some at this point this is his ninth book that he's working on that he's that he's going to to turn in right so i'm thinking from Pretty much from the beginning, I have to imagine. I have to because she, uh, the book she always brings up is that first misery book. I don't remember what that one's called, but it's it's the first misery novel. Is the one she's always reading until she reads over and over again. She wants to read to him, and I think that's the one that hooked her. And then since then, because it came, I think it probably just happened to naturally coincide with the end of that era, that baby prison whatever era baby of her butcher. life, and she. <laughs> She needed the, the she needed era. she needed that new obsession and it could have I think it could have been anything it could have been a, a TV show she really liked or it could have been like you know some some local celebrity or something but it happened to be his book and then so you that, don't think that the that book took. has any influence over her killing the babies or anything oh I didn't think of it like that no I, I, I didn't think of it that way I don't know I don't, not think I'm right I don't know the timeline but did you, is that what you thought? Not necessarily, but I'm wondering if there's something that I'm missing after watching this that made her, that pushed her over that limit. Like perhaps she was, had put herself into the misery books themselves and realized that she will never have that type of love and never have that type of relationship or family. So that made her go nuts and kill babies. Or if after she had already done that as a, as a, previous aspect of her life and she was trying to regain herself and started reading these books as a comfort that's when she regained another obsession type of thing so it could go either way because you're right we don't we don't know the timeline yeah okay jess any thoughts on that before we get to the the final the final battle i think she always had a crazy in her um i'm going to say it probably happened after the baby butchering or maybe when her her husband and her well divorce slash kill got um because she said she spent a lot of time in the hospital and it was just overworking and then i'm sure she came home and there's only read books so maybe it was during that period or did time in the hospital mean time in a mental hospital (laughs) you could be right (laughs) not impossible not impossible well okay Hmm. anything interesting i mean yeah i don't know but this brings up a real i think it's not that's a piece that's not given to us. I mean, in the scrapbook, it mentions that her husband, she said that he left her, but in the, in the scrapbook, he's dead. And I think it's suspicious, mm-hmm. right? I actually um, like the way they go about this movie. It's like her background, even after, even after they reveal her background, in the scrapbook, it's still a, it's still a pretty good mystery. Like, it's still like we get pieces, but we don't know the timeline. We don't know what actually happened to the individual players in her life before all this. Like right. exactly. I actually think that's a, an advantage. I think this, that's a good choice to make her even when they tell us it's still mysterious yeah it's still mysterious and and you know that she's some sort of a psychopath sociopath but we don't really know why she's that way is she one of those people that just is um you know program like this i'm i'm also in the middle of defending jacob which talks about the murder gene so does she have a murder gene in her so i think that i think the, the way the timeline is though probably is something about you know I think she was probably getting into the books as either as she was leaving prison slash psychiatric hospital um, or right thereafter. I felt that, you know, he killed her in childbirth, which is interesting considering that she was a butcher, baby butcher. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you know, so I think that there was part of that. <laughs> 
<laughs> just hor- a just horror a fan through phrase, and through. Isn't it? Just a <laughs> funny, funny turn of phrase, baby butcher. Just so funny. Um, so, um, so I don't know, but I think that I think that she, she, I think she was hooked from the very beginning, and then totally focused all of whatever she used to focus on baby butchering <laughs> on to him. Because I think that she has to have something like that. There's clearly something that is, if she doesn't have, if she's not, you know, something from the past, way past. This is something that she, you know, she has to be focused on something. She's just at got all really time. obsessive tendencies for. I think, whatever I she's think doing. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um. She. I mean, you know, she's it. She probably makes a lot of lists. I mean, she probably gets a lot of things checked off the list. You gotta, you know, there's <laughs> a bright side to that. She's no, also she's a great pathological liar too. So. She's got yeah, she's all the very qualities. good at it. <laughs> when that sheriff is going around the house, no one's. Yeah, alive I was I mean, impressed. He, that he knows, but like you know, he never lets on, and it's it's pretty good. Um, oh, the thing is that she knows that he knows. I mean, it's so yeah. crazy. It's, it's it's impressive. I like that the whole scene. It's, even, it's good, even though it ends with uh, yeah. unfortunately Nicole the death of one of your favorite characters, Buster oh, the sheriff. I know, um, but so he's great. We, I we was sad when he and... died. I I liked him. Um, but after yeah. he dies, uh, we see uh, Paul grabs a uh, can of lighter fluid in there. Mis- or, uh, not Misery, her name's not Misery, her name is Annie. Annie is about to kill them both as like some poetic give Misery back to the world. I don't know, whatever. She's doing her crazy shit. And he's like, wait, uh, let me finish my novel and then we can kill ourselves. And then we will have we have will have given misery back, and and everything will be right, and she will have a direct hand in that. So, and it's like, ooh, I like that. I like the sound of that. Her, so her whole thing is that she wants what to she be say? she wants to be the person who takes over for Paul in writing the misery novels. She wants. To, right. And my favorite thing that she my favorite thing that she does in this whole thing is like every time like she'll go, oh Paul. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I do. I love like, that. <laughs> They've been this old married couple or something, you know, like, oh, she's yeah, just swooning on, so you know? hard. She is. I know she is. And it's like, I freaking believe her all the time. Yeah. Dude, when she's he so asks good. her to their private dinner or whatever, she's like, I'm like, oh, my God, she's oh, soaked. Paul. Play some Barry White in the background. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, some Liberace. Oh, in that's the background. right. Yeah, play that Liberace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because isn't he just great? Yeah. Yeah. So the so the end. Uh, Paul has this whole little scheme. Paul always, when he finishes his book, and of course Annie knows this because she knows all the shit about him, is he'll have a single cigarette, yes. even though he quit, a glass of champagne, and he needs just one match. Don, to pa- light it. Don Perignon. Don, <laughs> Don Perignon. <laughs> This is a good movie. It has a lot of good little lines like that. Um, it's a really good movie. It, it surprised it surprised me how like much that it actually held up. It's, it's got some funny stuff. So so uh, in in the end, when she brings him the uh, the, the, the materials, uh, and then she he asks for a second glass so she could celebrate. That's when he puts his book on the ground, the, the pages, crumples up the final page, douses it all in lighter fluid, and he does a little thing because earlier in the movie, Annie made her made him burn his only copy of his book, so now he's going to burn the only copy of the new book that Annie likes. Uh, Annie rushes to put it out, but Paul smacks her in the head with the typewriter oh. missing an N. Yeah, uh, which he was another... prepping for. You see him in the middle of the movie, like doing his arm lifts, being make, making yeah, sure doing... he can lift it up. <laughs> it's so good. That's right. He's yeah, getting stronger, faction the typewriter lifting. It's it's got it's gag. Rocky music in the background. Exactly. Cue the Rocky. It does have a nice montage with. With him typing and then lifting the typewriter and then putting his arm yeah. in and, out and of one the of the sling. best dis- details that they have in this movie is that they made sure to show on the papers that the end doesn't work because that's what she said right when she got the typewriter it's so yeah. fucking great i saw that i too. know such such good details on this but they get into a struggle it's kind of a back and forth that she survives a typewriter hit and then they fight he she shoots him but then she trips and falls and hits her head on the typewriter and then which she was the dead. worst scene because like you can, like the two seconds right when she's falling you can tell it's like a doll's head hitting the uh, oh i missed it oh i didn't notice i didn't notice <laughs> the dummy work did you mama k did you notice Nicole it? Say oh, you man, noticed i thought it was that. totally kathy bates <laughs> Okay, Jess, you're the only one who noticed that detail. It That's was interesting. So bad. Good it was job. like 
it was her, and then it turns like a doll's head for, like two seconds. Oh and then it, no! Like, you know, <laughs> even though even though Jess is usually the most oblivious to details, I think this makes sense because she likes old movies the least. So something like this yeah. would stand out to her as opposed to the rest of us. Right. So that actually makes sense right. to me, but no, I, I did not. I, it sounds like no one else noticed that, but that's uh, you know, nineties. What are you gonna do? Um, so she hits the t- head on the typewriter. She think he thinks she's dead. He's crawling out of the room, but then she comes back, and they have one little final fight until Paul grabs she the hits metal doorstop. She hits him with a what? Oh, my God. oh the pig. pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good things. That's right. The pig. The pig named Misery that she has running around the thing as as well. Like we didn't even mention that whole thing. But we're we're running yeah. long here. After she finally is dead, you know, in quotes, as dead as anyone in a Stephen King novel can be. Uh, and eighteen months later, Paul he has a cane now. He meets with his assistant in New York. They discuss his post misery novel and uh, you know the early buzz. She's trying to convince him to do a nonfiction work based on his time in the house. Um, and then Paul goes into his little thing about like it was terrible, but I kind of <laughs> am thankful for it. But I can't. Stop seeing her everywhere, and then we see coming into the room. The waitress looks just like Annie. It's 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 Annie coming down the aisle. But then we see in real life, it's not Annie. It's just a regular woman. But then she says, "I'm your number one fan," just like Annie used to. So um, he just he just replies, yep. "Oh, it's very sweet of you." And then we get credits. So nice little ending here. Nice tight yeah. little horror thriller. You know, uh, suspenseful story. Uh, story. So uh, Nicole, any closing thoughts before we get to we get to the end here? Um, I just have to say that I was pleasantly surprised watching this. I really had a good time watching it. Um, it's not horror. It's not a horror film at all. It's really a suspenseful, um, you know, there's a lot of strategy that the, that the, um, characters have and it's interesting to watch. It kind of reminded me of, um, just a, a combination of like Knives Out and um what's the one that just came out oh like the the joker one where because they Mm -hmm. just had so many crossover things of this that it's apparent that a lot of things that come out now take take things from from older films like this uh so that's why i don't think it's necessarily a good idea to to adapt this but to take bits like we see parodies from family guy and things like that they all take parts of misery and put them into their films which is really awesome um i had a really good time watching it and uh thought that the acting was just like spectacular what do you think mama k on revisit of misery you know i was pleasantly surprised by it i you know because i don't like the horror genre if it were called suspense, I would be much more apt to watch it. And as I was watching it, I was thinking that very thing that this is really more like a Hitchcockian, like notorious, or, yep. you know, one of the really older, older Hitchcock movies, like pre psycho and stuff like that um, is what it really reminded me of. Um, I get like some strangers, on, like strangers on a train, like the way, the way it's all with yeah. couple, two yeah. characters in a couple of settings. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I really, I really liked that, and I just, I think that, you know, I think you guys are right. I think it's encapsulated in this time frame, and it works perfectly because it is that kind of piece. Um, and yeah, I don't think we should do it again. <laughs> not, not we shouldn't <laughs> sure. do it again. We, I don't, I don't. Hollywood should, should not do, remake I, Misery. I don't think we should do this again. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, Jess, on your first visit, on your first visit, knowing the least out of us, what do you think of your experience with Misery? Well, it was definitely the best of the three of <laughs> my aunt's house. <laughs> but no, I, I was pleasantly surprised and I was engaged for the most part. So I'll give it that. Um, it, it wasn't terrible. That's, that is there high praise from a movie cool. from before, before it was. the late 90s. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, I'm glad we, we did this one. This was a good pick, Nicole. Uh, it sounds like you got two people who were apprehensive to... Like it more than they thought they would, which is a very, very accomplishing thing to do on this host pick. Uh, this host pick thing. That's very. That's a, that is uh, the yeah, goal. I'm pretty so, pleased um, with the outcome. Yeah, I. I, it off, I so. No one turned it off. I liked it about <laughs> as much, maybe a little bit even more than I thought I would. Um, it's it's quality Stephen King. It's in. I've probably seen 20, 25 of his movies ad- adapted, and you know it's in the top half. It's in the upper echelon. I I, I like this quite a bit. Um, especially once we get going, it does take a bit to get going if I have to be critical at all. But it does, it does. Once it once it picks up, 
it it doesn't relent till the end. Um, so this holds up. I think it's a good pick, and it sounds like as a whole we have a very warm general consensus yeah. on misery. So thank you, Nicole, for this yeah, host pick. You. It was a successful. Thanks for watching, everybody. I'm successful really episode. Yeah, and come on up to Maine, and we'll just do the Steam King tour. Ooh. I don't know what that is, but I'll figure it out. I need to think of of my one weird thing I'm going to do around him if I ever see him in person. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm going to be something that you can't forget, so he'll write about me somewhere. (laughs) Well, don't scare him. I mean, I think he's probably had plenty of that in his life. (laughs) Cars and things like that now, so don't be He was made of cocaine for like six years there. Like he was, like for a while there, he was just pure, pure (laughs) cocaine. When he wrote it, oh my God. Um, So yeah, that's, that's, that is misery. Uh, That is Nicole's pick for host pick. Uh, Only one host left who hasn't had one, and that is yours truly. I will be doing that in June in a month. I'm hoping to have similar Mm -hmm. results as misery. It will be something that I don't think everyone is. Ready for, but hopefully they come out with something positive. So we will see when that time comes. But in the meantime, we have more listener suggestions. We have more just general movies we've been trying to get to. And we are taking more listener suggestions because we would like them because the theaters are not open still. Uh, We don't know when they will be. We're taking it like a champ. We're doing good. Movie movie Sorry. shows, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'll just list some of the ones we have coming up. We have Princess Bride coming up. Uh, we have the Creep movies, Creep 1 and 2. Those are listener suggestions. Uh, we have August Osage County, another listener suggestion. Uh, and then we kind of opened up after that. So if you have things to recommend to us to review... Films with Women in My Life on Facebook. You can reach out to me individually on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. You can reach out to Mama K on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And you can email the show filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Thank you, Nicole, for this pick. And yeah, thank you, Jess and Mama thanks. K, for being on. Thank you. Thanks. Until next time, this thanks is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.